Oh, I hear voices. Do you hear voices? All kinds of voices? In Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, the exiled apostle John even, get this, get this, saw a voice. Wow. I turned and saw a voice. Huh? Voices, voices, voices. They're all around us. Ever been in a store and come up to the checkout line and glance at the magazine rack? I mean, you just glance because you wouldn't really read any of that or pick it up. But just glance if you've never done it sometime. Just read those headlines, nothing more. I mean, you can learn so much. The front page, big black letters. Woman has talking cat. Next story was bat boy. And I thought, hey, this is a baseball story. I'm into that. I want to see it. That's what I thought it was. Instead of that, it was a young child, half boy and half bat. I don't know why you're laughing. These are real stories. I saw it in print. Then there was this. 300-pound babies with two heads. I really love this one. Aliens invade the White House. Did you know Elvis has been dining at various McDonald's for the past 30 years? Oh, 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 and JFK is still alive. Woman gives birth to twin monkeys. I think I've met them. And, and it goes on and on and on every week, every edition of these tabloids, and people watch that, they listen to that, they read that. Look, if we were to believe all these stories or any of them, we would be completely insane. And maybe we are. Because of the voices around us. Yeah, I said voices, voices. A message today entitled, All Those Voices. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Spirit that indwells us, and thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this body, in this place today. And so now I ask that you would give our spirits and our souls listening ears, that we might hear your voice, and more than hear, that we might respond in a, a way that will bring honor and glory to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I can remember fairly clearly back in the early 90s, I think it was 1991, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, debate that, but the first tabloid news show exploded onto the scene. I remember Maury Povich was the host, and every night they would try to scare Americans into thinking that unidentified flying objects were making circles by landing in cornfields out in the prairie area of the country. I wonder how many folks still believe this is true. I guess even the Pentagon's been kind of interested in this. 
And that says something. I, I don't think the tabloids ever covered the real story that it was all a practical joke. There are so many voices, you really wonder which ones do I dare listen to. I don't think the tabloids can answer the question for you. Look, in October of 1996, so that's 26 years ago, there was a new 24-hour news channel that was so much like a tabloid itself when it started that you look at that and you say, that'll never make it. They, they won't be on the air long. Now that network gets much higher ratings than CNN. And Fox News makes a big impact on the way its viewers see and understand the world, whether they are people that agree with what's being said or not, it matters very little. Voices everywhere, voices, voices, all those voices. And I start with a question this morning, and what voices are you listening to? What voices am I listening to? You see, the voices that we listen to and believe can have a heavy impact on our lives. For instance, if we were to believe, even for a moment, all the insults and the mean jokes that the bullies on the schoolyard threw at us when we were just, you know, when, when Moby was a minnow, you know, way back, well, we would all be completely broken by the time we were 13, We'd never recover. Man, some of us are, and some of us were. How about the voices from parents who neglected their children? Or how about the, the voices from parents who abused their children through their words? Ooh. What about the voices we hear on television? Because that seems to be the medium that people are using more and more. The voices in advertising. Hello, Madison Avenue. Do we believe those voices? Do you really believe the advertising that you see and hear over and over and over that gets drummed into your head? I mean, is it really true that we need to start worrying about our age before we even reach 30? No, you go home today and from the rest of the day, whatever you're watching, I guarantee I absolutely guarantee somewhere in there you're going to have some of these types of ads. And if you just listen to it, that's what they're saying. If you're approaching 30, or if you're 31, oh, you have no hope. You, be, you need to be worrying about your age. You're really getting up there. Oh, also, is it true that if, guys, if we are balding, no woman worth her salt would be attracted to us unless we join the hair club for men? And honestly, it won't cost you much. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh. Is, is this one true? That a few flakes of dandruff on a shoulder will cause someone to not want to have anything to do with you. I mean, there's so many voices. You could take that list down to the floor and back up again. It's just so many voices. Maybe now, maybe today in our fast-moving a uh, very low uh, attention span world. I, I was reading just an article just a couple days ago on attention span. Uh, children, uh, middle-aged people, older people. Man, it's unbelievable. It's just nothing more than seven seconds today. No, no age group, no, no demographic. The lowest is like a, a second and a half, and you can guess maybe who those are. 
There are so many voices. We have never been this many voices. And they're all clamoring for our attention. And they're putting millions of dollars of advertising power into every second. When you see all these ads, you wonder, where is the money coming from? What voices, I want to know, do we choose to listen to? And what voices do we choose or are we going to choose to believe? And which voices do we know are downright false? You see, our very self-worth and ability to be the best person we can be may depend on how we answer this one single question. So in our gospel text today, and we wanna, I want to get to that, and it's John chapter 10, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, it talks to us about voices. There God tells us that there are lots of voices, but there's only one true voice. And like sheep who know their master's voice, if we are to have life, and if we are to have it abundantly and to the full, we must know which voice to follow. So now, do we know that? Are you sure in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, that you know absolutely which voice to follow? And when you hear that voice, you know whose voice it is. I hope so, but if not, I hope that will be clarified for you, all cleared up as we continue into this message. So we're going to John's Gospel, chapter 10, very famous chapter. And I'm going to read a few verses, and then I'm going to invite you to help me read a few verses. And I think as we share together, we'll really cement these thoughts. So starting at verse 1, John chapter 10, I'm reading, and it'll be on the screen, and that is in the New International Version. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Now, I wonder if you wouldn't mind, and it sounds so good when we all read together. So if you can follow there in your Bible or on the screen, verses 7 through 10, let's read. Read with me. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Thank you so very much. That sounded so nice. And I just want to point out, if you're note-taking, that in the next four verses, Jesus refers to himself no fewer than three times as the good shepherd. You know, sometimes it's hard to know 
Which voice comes from the one who loves and cares for us? The one who is true. The one who is explained in those verses you just read. And all the other voices which come from the thieves, the robbers, and the strangers, as I said, they clamor for our attention. They're, they're, they're interested in one thing and one thing only, and that is for us to get focused on what they're presenting, and when that, once we do that, they know they've got us trapped. You remember as a youngster, your mom or maybe your dad said to, said to you maybe more than once, never get in a car with a stranger. Very good advice. And not many of us uh, are adults who are adults. I mean, how many of us are still trying to follow that good advice? Jesus, the good shepherd, tells us this. The sheep listen to his voice. They call, he calls the sheep by name, and he leads them out, and then he says, and they will never, ever follow a stranger. So obviously, now let's just take the metaphorical application and bring it down to the practical. In this lesson of John 10, 1 through 10 or 1 through 18, we are the sheep. We are the sheep, those who know and love the Lord Jesus. Do we know the voice of the good shepherd? Do we recognize it? Are we listening for it? And do we respond to it? For this is what he says in verse 10. Remember reading this just a moment ago? For the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. The story is told of a teacher who took some children to visit a farm. It was a, it was a, uh, a little field trip day. And the farmer allowed the children to just run and play and just have a great time in the field, just so much fun. But the teacher seemed particularly taken by the farmer's sheep. Well, the farmer said, it's about time to feed the sheep, and I'm going to call them in. Knowing this, hearing this, recalling the passage of Scripture that we read this morning, the teacher asked the, uh, the farmer if his sheep listened to his voice. She wanted to bear this out. She wanted to know that this was true. He said, well, they sure do. And I have a particular thing I say to them when I want them to come to the barn and feed, but, but they won't come if anyone but me calls them. She was a little doubtful. I mean, even if someone else were to use the same words, the teacher asked. Well, the farmer said, give it a try. So he told the teacher the call, and the teacher gave it a shot. Picture this now. All those sheep were out in the fields, and the teacher then calls the sheep at the top of her lungs, time to eat, time to eat. They didn't even budge. As a matter of fact, they didn't even look up. It was as if they heard nothing. A few moments went by, and the farmer used the very same call, and the sheep, now recognizing his voice, came running to the barn. There are so many voices. 
There are so many voices this very moment who are just waiting to get your attention. Oh, oh, all those voices. Again, I want to ask, do we recognize the voice of Jesus when there are so many other voices competing for our attention? If we're to look at a flock of sheep, that's what we would see, a flock. That's all. We wouldn't see a sheep. <laughs> we would see sheep. Many of them. Now let me make the distinction here. That is not the way it is with the good shepherd. To him, every sheep has a name. The one with a really thick white wool has a name. That one with one ear up and the other one down <laughs> has a name. That small one with a black patch on her head, she has a name. You see, when I see a crowd of people, I see exactly that, a crowd, a mass of people. If we were to go to a Boston Celtics basketball game at TD Garden, we'd see a mass of people. Not persons individually, but people. A herd of humans. Matter of fact, 19,580 of them. And in many cases, we wouldn't know a one, except maybe the person or persons we came with. That's all we see is that mass of humanity. Let me say it again. I want to make a distinction. But not so with the shepherd. To him, every face is different. To him, hear me carefully, my friend, every face has a story behind it. Every face is a child created in the image of God. Every face belongs to him, and every one has a name. That's how Jesus knows us. That's how he, that's how he knows his sheep, just not, not as a flock, not just as a, a big group or a mass of, of, of humans, but as each and every individual sheep and by name. He knows each of us by name. So let me ask if you understand this. That being the truth, that being a teaching of Jesus right here in the gospel, don't you think it's right that I say then that each one of us matters so very much? Don't you think it's right that I say, if this is true, that each one of us matters so very much? Each one of us is so precious in his sight. Do a little illustration here. Let's look around us. So wherever you're seated in the big room this morning, uh, just turn a little bit to one side, maybe then to the other, and just look around. Because when you go out, I'll say, well, how many were in church? I don't know, but there was a pretty good crowd. You see a crowd. You just see a lot of people. Some of you, you see the person you came with, and maybe one other person that spoke to you one time or you spoke to, and you've never gone out of your way to meet anybody else. So this is just a crowd of mass of humanity to you. Do you see a crowd, or do you see a lot of people? Or 
And this is where it gets really wonderful, and it, and it dovetails with what Pastor Todd was teaching last week. Do we see faces that we know and we truly appreciate? Do we see faces that we know have a story behind them and we love that face and we love that story and we love that person who represents all of that? Or is there anyone who you can't call by name? You don't know where they live. You don't know their story. You'd be embarrassed if someone said, who is that? And you don't know. Well, let me just say again, that's not the way it is with God. Here's what he says in Isaiah 49, 16. He said, see, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Amazing. Do you know that we are engraved on the hands of God? That means we can't be taken off if we're engraved. Your name is on God's hand. Turn to somebody and say, your name is on God's hand. Go ahead. Your name is on God's hand. Yes, it is. Have you ever seen your name in a very special place? Maybe on a really important diploma or certificate, or maybe it's on the presentation page of your Bible. That's a pretty important place. Maybe it's on the foundation of a st of a of stone or on a bronze plaque or somewhere that's more permanent seeming. Or, or maybe it's not there, but maybe you've heard your name mentioned by some really important person. Or you've been interviewed on television and then they have your name down on the bottom and why you're being interviewed and so on. That makes you, how does that make you feel? You feel kind of honored. For just that fleeting moment, you feel very special. Now think for a moment. Our names are on God's lips and on God's hands. <laughs> Can it be? Perhaps for some of us, we've never seen our names honored. We've never seen our names displayed in a very prominent place. We've never seen our name somewhere where it will be displayed and live long after we're gone. We may feel neglected even because of that. Or we might not be able to remember the last time someone mentioned our name with kindness or really pointed us out for some special character trait. If so, it might be hard to sit in this room this morning on that comfortable chair and even at that to believe that God himself, the creator of all, knows you by name. The truth is, chin up, he does. He does. And you're written on his hand. You're spoken by his mouth. He knows all about me, and he knows all about you. He made us. He loves us. He came to save us. He calls us by name. Do we listen when he calls? Do we listen for that voice? Do we really know his voice? In our scripture, this great 
John chapter 10. In verse 1, Jesus talks about a sheep pen. Now, a sheep pen then was usually a rough stone or mud brick structure. It was, might be partially covered, or it might have just been a cave in the hillside. It had a single opening through which the sheep passed, and when they come in for the night, that was their only way to get into the pen. The pen served to protect the sheep against thieves, robbers, wild animals, and whatever else was out there. A pen, you see, often ha held several flocks. And when the time came to go out in the morning pasture, each of the shepherds separated his sheep from the others by his own peculiar call. Instead of driving them, he led them. So they followed him as a unit. Wherever he went, they went. Wherever they went, the shepherd went ahead of them, guiding them to adequate pasture, guarding them against possible danger. You see, the sheep refused to follow a stranger because the stranger's voice was unfamiliar. When that teacher, in all good faith, and many people have tried it, called out for that farmer's sheep to come and eat, they didn't respond to her, but that wasn't a sign of disrespect. They didn't recognize that as the familiar voice. I wonder, friends, this is a great question to put into your notes. What voices are familiar to us? Or you can say to me. What voices also are unfamiliar you say, boy, I heard that, I heard that, and I know that voice is calling me, but ooh, that's an unfamiliar voice, and I, I cannot respond to that. I cannot answer to that call. I cannot go in that direction. I cannot do... So what voices are familiar to you? What voices are unfamiliar to you? What voices can we trust? What voices are there... And they're present for one reason, and that's only to harm us. You see, Jesus is our great shepherd of the sheep, and he goes ahead of us, and he calls us forward. He calls us forward, and he says, Come to me for drink. Come to me for the bread of life. Come to me if you're burdened. I'll give you rest. Come to me. And I'll give you abundant life. Therefore, down in verse 9, and you read it with me, therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate. Listen, I am the gate. That can be translated, the great I am is the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Aren't those wonderful words? Will be saved. Let me give you the background. I love these agrarian examples. When the sheep returned to the fold at night after a day of grazing, the shepherd would stand in the doorway of the pen and inspect each sheep as it entered. Any who were scratched or wounded or in some way uh, just not themselves, he would anoint them with healing oil. Any who were thirsty, he would give water. After all the sheep had been counted, and that was very important. You've heard of the 90 and 9. And brought into the pen. Then the shepherd himself lay down across the doorway so that no intruder, human being or beast, could enter without his knowledge. 
The shepherd was literally the door for the sheep pen. So it is with Jesus. He's our door to eternal life. He's our door to eternal safety. He's our door, he says, for life to the full. Ah, there are many voices out here today. There are a lot of voices all around us today. And there are a lot of doors and a lot of directions and a lot of pathways, voices, voices, voices. You can hear them every day. All those voices. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Why so few? Could it be that there are too many voices giving us too many choices? Could it be there are too many voices giving us too many choices? And we don't know, or maybe it's, we do know, kind of, but we're not willing to really listen to the voice of God. All those voices. Remember when you bought your first uh, VCR? <laughs> what always comes with one of those things, besides uh, frustration and agony? That's right, an owner's manual for instruction. So you open that up, and you get the little bookie there, then you learn how to do all kinds of fancy things. You don't learn how to do them because you don't even know what they're talking about. But one of those little fancy things that you learned after about 10 years of trying was you could record something when you weren't even there to record it. Now we're talking, we're up there now, right? Some of you techies are with me now. Took a while. Because most of us just plug it in and go. <laughs> Hello. Well, we get, and here's my point, and it's not about VCRs at all. <laughs> but here's my point. I, even I have one, and I get some of the benefits. But I'd have to live another hundred years to get all that it was created for. And it's the very same, not just with VCRs. But almost every electrical, computerized, fancy, top-rated, you must have this gadget. I get some of the benefits. Somebody says, what kind of a cell phone do you have? I got the kind that you have to wind up in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what kind I have. I had a 4. I have an 8. Someone said, you know there are 14? I said, no, I didn't. Nobody ever asked me if I cared, because the answer would be the same. Huh? Well, I'll tell you, I, I could tell you on that hand, I could take those fingers and tell you the benefits I use on my phone. Oh, I'd have quite a few left over. Yeah, I could probably do that, you know. But here's the point. I get some of the benefit, but not all that that phone was created for. And that's the, listen, you laughed at me, but listen carefully. That's the same many times in our lives. Hear me. You and I have been made with all, we don't even know how much. All sorts of potential. Every one of us in this room or under the sound of this voice. 
But in order to fulfill that potential, you must listen to and follow the voice of God. When we follow our own voice, oh boy. Or we follow the voice of imposters, like the people who would have us believe there's a woman who owns a talking cat. We, we get lost, and we get hurt, and it's not a fun ride. In a moment, I'm going to share a closing story with you. I want to leave it with you today to really ruminate, really let it sink in. Bring it up and just chew over it again. It features an attorney friend of mine of more than 40 years ago, a man by the name of Dr. David Gibbs, Jr. He's the founder of the Christian Law Association. We've shared a platform. He's preached in a couple of churches that I've pastored, even here in Ellsworth. He's visited in my office. He's a true soldier of the cross and a wonderful, wonderful Christian attorney. Let's be thankful that we have a good shepherd. Amen? Let's listen for his voice above all the others. And this I want to leave with you and then come back and challenge you. Where he leads us, may we follow. All the way to the blood-stained cross of Jesus. And on our way to God's heaven, our eternal home. So for a few minutes, with undivided attention, let's listen to the voice. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. And a pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane, and I can take you in my little airplane, and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it, and I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing, and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes, and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me, and he said, we're going in the clouds, and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? Now, it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds, and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we're in the clouds, flying along with no pilot. 
And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, Tell, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're gonna make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, 
the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. They knock at my door. And I open the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. If your heart's been stirred, I want to ask you, have you heard his voice today? Is he calling you and are you ready to listen, to take that first step to God that you've never taken? Are you ready, perhaps today, to fully engage and to accept his salvation? You've listened to the voice. You've had your eye on the cross. And you want to get safely to your eternal home. Accept him today. Are there other decisions that you know need to be made and you've listened to his voice, but you've been distracted? Maybe it's baptism, and it's bothering you, but you don't really know why or how to settle it. You're an adult, you're a believer, but you've never been baptized according to the Scripture, the first step of obedience in your walk. Or maybe God is calling you to a clear and a clean walk with Him. He's come out of the pen, He's walking in front of you, and He's saying, just come with me and listen to the voice. I'm going to ask you to do something that I don't often do, but unashamedly I ask you. <laughs> if you've made any of those decisions this morning, or you're in the midst of it, or you have something else that you need to clear up with God, and you're now listening because you are listening to a voice, and it's Him, I want you to take that Connect card, and just write your name on it, and just under your name you can write your decision. Salvation, dedication, baptism, whatever it might be. 
And I want you to hand me that card on your way out today or put it in one of the boxes in the lobby or hand it to Pastor Todd or whatever. And even though we're going to start with the music in just a moment, people are going to stand all around you. If you're making a decision, all you need to do is listen to that voice you've heard this morning and just stay where you are and fill out that card and make sure we get it. It's so easy not to respond if there's another something that would distract us. Please don't let that happen to you. And God is ready to accept you. He knows you by name. He's engraved you on the palm of his hands. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Heavenly Father, thank you for these messages today. Thank you for the messages of song. Thank you that you are a heavenly father. And we only have one heavenly father. And you know all about us. You made us for your purpose. And you gave us unbelievable potential. And you want that to come to the forefront. You came and to this earth. You gave us your son to die. And if we come to that cross and we just keep our eye on that cross, we will recognize that we are needy people and you have met the need all the way. It truly is. We're living in it today. We're lavishing in it. Amazing, amazing grace. And for those who have listened to your voice and are making that decision right now, I pray that you will guide them as they complete that communication and let us know of that decision. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.